0: Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned in to our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. All right, so uh, going back to this theme of baggage, uh, is very interesting because as I'm thinking about this, I think about some stuff that we pick up along the way that a lot of times we really don't want it, but it's actually like part of life. It's, it's things that, that happen. And one of the things that I said last week, none of us in this room are exempt to having baggage in our life. All right? Actually, I want to say a story of something that happened uh, not too long ago. It's actually two weeks ago. My wife and I flew to Dallas just for a couple of days. We were going to be there with another one of my pastors, Pastor Marco Barrientos, and we were flying back, there was a lady that was at the counter, all right? We already had, you know, passed the checkpoint and we're in the counter. And uh, I needed to talk to the lady in the counter just to coordinate something with my seat. But there was a lady that was in front of me. And this lady, okay, when she started talking, I'm like, oh man, she's gonna get that lady in a bad mood and then she's gonna have to come and talk to me. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, you know? You're looking at the person in front of you and you're like, okay, let me feel the vibe, you know? what? What's going on? And when that lady started talking and talking. I'm like, oh man, this is, this is not good. This is not good. This is not good. I almost went to my wife, why don't you make the line? I'm just going to go and sit down, you know, because this is the lady that was there. All right. She was from Honduras. All right. She was flying in from Hawaii. She was on a vacation trip. All right. So from Hawaii, listen to this, they flew her to Dallas from Dallas. She was flying to Miami and from Miami, she was flying to Honduras. All right. Now, guess what happened? When she flew in from Hawaii to Dallas, she had to go and get her bags, all right? Because they were going to bring out her bags by the bottom. Even though Hawaii is part of the United States, I don't know, maybe because it's so far or what it is. She had to go and clean her bags and then in Dallas, check them back again. And they would check it then all the way to Honduras. Well, the lady's there, all right, in the front of the counter and they're telling her that she can't get on the plane... Because she has not gotten her bags and she had to go downstairs to get her bags. That lady was bawling. She was going crazy. She was crying. And she goes, can I just go to Honduras and you guys fly me the bags over there? She goes, I need to get on this flight. Okay, I've been out, you know, for a long time. I need to get back to Honduras. I don't care about my bags. And you know what the lady on the counter told her? Oh, ma'am, without your bags, you're not getting on this plane. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, and I'm doing a series on baggage right after this. I'm going to talk about them bags. Because you know what, guys? Your bags go with you wherever you go. (laughs) Or you're not getting on the plane. And you know what's the craziest thing? It even gets crazier. So she gets into the argument with the lady and stuff like that. And she goes, all right, I'm going to go get my bags. And she's walking her back. And she left her carry-on next to, she left her carry-on there. And my wife is there. She's fighting about her bag and she's leaving her other bag. I'm like, this lady don't want her bags. Isn't that how we are? We don't want our bags. We don't want our bags. And a lot of times we're looking at this person and that person like, man, I wish I had his baggage. I wish I had that. Bag. You know, it's like, oh, man, that's a Louis. I wish I had that baggage, you know. And the Lord said, no, you got to take care of your own thing. You, you got to go and, and, and deal with that. And I know that there's certain things in our life that we don't want to deal with. You know, there's certain things in our, in our life that we've sort of just said, all right, it's going to be with me. So I'm just going to deal with it and it's going to be there. And. And I want you to know. Okay, where do we pick up these baggages from? Because I really think that there's two places where we pick up these baggages from. One, all right, some mistake, shame, or guilt from the past, and that becomes like a, 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 a bag that that comes with us. All right, it just comes with us, and and you can't get rid of it. It's just there. And a lot of times, another place that the baggage comes from is from people. You know people, relationships that we've been in, people that we hung around, people that affected us, uh, people that hurt us, you know, uh, different things. And, and they attach themselves to us because the biblical word for baggage, all right, and I explained this last week. And if you didn't see it, you can see it on YouTube. You can watch the service there. The biblical word for baggage is stronghold. Okay. So it becomes attached to us because it gets a stronghold hold. Into our hearts, into our souls, it doesn't let go. All right, it, it, it doesn't let go. And the most amazing thing, and I'm, I'm sort of like doing a, a quick summary here, is that the enemy has convinced us that that baggage is part of who we are, and 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 it's said that it's part of our lives. And and let me tell you, that word stronghold, it actually the original word means it's a lie, it's a deception. So you're holding on to something based on what? Based on a lie. Based on a deception. Based on something that is not true. And that's why today's message, I've titled it, okay, The Bag That Won't Let Go. The Bag That Won't Let Go. That was that lady's bag over there. (laughs) She had to take a hold of it. It won't let go. All right. And I know people that have come to the Lord. They've experienced you know, Jesus. And all of a sudden you just see a shift completely in their lives that like things start changing. You know, as you start walking with God, just things start falling out of, of your life from the past life. And then I've seen other people that give their life to the Lord and five years go by, seven years go by, 10 years go by, and they're still holding on to a lot of that same stuff. And you start to think, well, Maybe God put it there, because these are the, some of the thoughts that we get. We could get uh, the sound back there, all right? Maybe God put it there, all right? Or maybe you start thinking, well, I'm just that way, you know, and, and I'm I'm, I'm going to be like that, you know. There's no solution for it. This is the way that I am, and I'm just going to have to learn uh, uh, to cope with it. And, and I'm just here to tell you this morning that that's not God's best for you. I'm I'm here this morning to tell you that no, God does not want you to deal with that and cope with that for the rest of your life. That's not his plan of freedom for your life. That's not his design. That's not his intention. So today, we're going to learn the secret, okay, of getting rid of that bag that won't let go once and for all. Today, we're going to learn the secret of how we do that. And we're going to start by looking at the Apostle Paul in the scriptures. All right. And it's in Romans chapter seven, verse 15. He, he starts to open up about some baggage issues. He starts to open up about some stuff that he's been dealing with. And look what that verse 15 in Romans seven says. Paul says, I don't really understand myself. <laughs> okay. Pause. If you're in Paul's church, And he is up here, and he says, man, I don't even understand myself. You might have this urge to go, you know what? I'm going to go find another church. You know what I'm saying? Because if this is a pastor, and he doesn't understand himself, all right, we're in trouble, you know? And I love the way that he opens up. He goes, I really don't understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And that's what today's topic is about. Today's topic is about when we do that, that we hate, and we feel that we have no control over it. Now, I'm going to give you a few things here, okay, to start off this morning. To help you recognize which is that bag in your life that won't let go. I'm going to try to help you because let me tell you, there's some steps, There's a cycle that takes place. And actually, I'm going to use this word. It's like a vicious cycle, all right? It's a vicious cycle. It's a cycle of destruction. The first thing that happens, all right, is that this bag that won't let go becomes part of your identity. It becomes part of your identity, okay? It becomes part of who you are. And you say, oh, is that my dad was like that. All my brothers were like that. You know, my grandfather, you know, he he, he dealt with that stuff too. And and I just turned this way and and I really can't help myself, Pastor. You see, it just takes control over me. I can't really do anything about this. And in this series, what we want to do is that we want to take those lies of the devil that have come into your life and we want to put some truth to that. We want to put some truth to that because the Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And we want to put some truth into this, all right? Because let me tell you that thing that you're just like your dad and you're just like your grandfather. I want to tell you that that's a lie. That's a lie. Pastor, how is it a lie? Well, right now you are sitting in this place listening to God's word. And God's word can bring freedom into your life. You have a choice today. You have a choice. And, and we're going to talk about that here in the second. okay? But that doesn't have to be you. Their story doesn't have to be your story. It doesn't need to become part of your identity. okay? And we buy into that whole idea of this is who I am. And I know certain programs that have worked like that, okay? For example, Alcoholics Anonymous is an amazing program. And and it's been based on a lot of, you know, scriptural things. But, you know, you start your meeting by saying, Hello, I'm Christian, and I am an alcoholic. And you could be sober for 20 years, and you go to one of those meetings, and you start by saying, Hello, I'm Christian, and I am an alcoholic. Well, let me tell you something that I don't agree with that. Because there might be a moment in my life that I'm dealing with alcoholism, but that's not who I am. That's not my identity. And it's all right that we have to admit, okay, where we're at in order to get help. Because we need to recognize where we're at. But who am I? Oh, I am a new creation in Christ. That's what the Bible says. I'm a son or daughter of God. That's what the Bible says. That's who I am. But if you're always going to say, oh, this is who I am, I'm an addict, I'm this, I'm that, let me tell you, that's going to stick to you, and that's who you're going to be. So We need to break that off our minds. And that kind of thinking, all right, what it starts is the cycle destruction that leads to this next point, okay, that you start to feel increasingly hopeless. You start to feel increasingly hopeless because you're like, if this is who I am, then... I'm gonna die like this. This is who I'm gonna be for the rest of my life. And, and you, you come in here in the morning and, and you might be here and you're like, all right, pastor. You know what? You know, you know how many preachings I've heard of this? You know how many times I've come to the front so that somebody could pray for me? You know how many conferences I've gone to and I still am dealing with this? And you start to become hopeless. You start to become, you know, that this is going to go with you to the grave. And when you fight the same thing year after year after year and month after month, then this leads you to this next stage or in this cycle of destruction, you start to become defensive. You start to become defensive, okay? You start to defend your problem. And what do you mean by that, pastor? Well, you, you start to say, well, you know, this is not really a problem. And I can stop it if I want to. And, and, and why are you judging me for this? You know, you have some stuff too. And, and, and all of a sudden you start uh, to say, is that you don't understand me. And, and, and you start to, to say all these things because now you're all defensive. And, and, and then this leads you to this other step. You start to become a slave to that. You become a slave to it. It starts telling you how to live your life. How to live your life. I knew a person that that had this porn addiction. And it was on his phone. And he couldn't leave his phone, not even for a second. And wherever he was, he just needed to control and have his phone around because he felt afraid if somebody would get his phone and just open up some apps, would know everything. He was a, and, and, and all of a sudden, he became a slave. This situation started to tell him what he was going to do and what he was not going to do. And if you're real honest this morning, maybe you're watching at home or you're here, you understand that maybe there's an area in your life that just bosses you around. Maybe there's an area in your life that just tells you what you got to do. And for example, you start shopping and you can't stop shopping. And you're already in depth and you just keep on getting into greater depth. And you're like, I don't know why. I don't know why. I can't break it. And this leads us to one final step of destruction. And it is that you begin to lose your life. You begin to lose your life. All the hopes, all the dreams, all the promises that God ever made you or that are in his word, you start to think that they're for somebody else, but they're not for you. You start to say, you know what? God is not really going to ever free me from this. And listen to this. You just give up. You just give up. So you start coping and you start dragging yourself with no joy, no peace. And there's just profound sadness in your heart. Look at Romans chapter 6, verse 12 through 14. Romans 6, 12 through 14. It says this, Do not let sin control the way you live. All right, very clear. All right. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. And then I'm going to move a little bit forward. It says, sin is no longer your master. Isn't that a powerful? And then going to the end of the verse in verse 14, instead, you should live under the freedom of God's grace. Church, God has a freedom for you and is found in his grace. You don't have to be a slave to that all your life. Now, I want to give you some questions. You can write this down. This is to help you identify if something is mastering you or not. All right? Because Paul says here, all right, that you're no longer, that sin is no longer your master. And you might be here and you're like, Pastor, how do I know then if sin is my master? All right? And just a couple of questions. These are diagnostic questions. Real, real simple. Do your family and friends say that you have a problem? One. Two, do you continue even though it's hurting people? Three, do you arrange your schedule around this thing? Four, can you go one week without it? (laughs) All right. Five, is it leading you to isolate yourself? This is very key because the enemy wants you on a corner right over there by yourself so then he could give you a pounding. All right. If sin is mastering you in one area, it's going to try to isolate you. Are you trying to keep it a secret? All right. If you answered yes to two or three of these that are here, chances are that you're being mastered by something. Chances are that you're being mastered by something. But listen to what I'm going to tell you. God wants to help you get rid of that. God wants to help you get rid of that. Okay. God's word gives us hope for life. God's Word gives us hope for a new life. God's Word gives us hope for a future. So how do I break free from this bag that won't let go? How do I break free? Well, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. It says this, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, There is freedom. I ask the Lord to give me grace to explain this right now. You know that the word for spirit there in the New Testament, written down, you know what word is? It's the name of this church. What's the name of this church? Numa. It says that the Lord is the spirit. The word for spirit is Numa. You know what it is? It's the breath of God that has all the power in it. The breath of God that has all his power in it. When God shows up, church, his manifest presence, like we were singing here, yours is the kingdom. And we're, we're singing to God. You know that when God shows up, his manifest presence, you know that when he's in the room, everything changes? Where the spirit of the Lord is, where the pneuma of God is. There's what? There is freedom. Life change starts to happen. Life change starts to happen. The God that we serve, okay, the God that we serve, I think that I hear one of the cameras is speaking to me. I'm trying to speak to the camera. The camera's actually speaking to me. All right. No. <laughs> all right. Anyways, the God that we serve, listen to this. The word, the God that we serve is spirit. The God that we serve is Numa. All right. What does that mean? It's spirit. It is wind. It is breath with all its power. And wherever the spirit is, wind, power, breath, there is freedom. You know that one of my jobs as a pastor, you know what it is? Is to create atmospheres where God's spirit will come and change lives. That's one of my funnest jobs as a pastor. When we're here in the worship time, church, look at me. It's not for us to say, well, those are the first 15 minutes before we get into the Word. No, 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 no. That's not what it is. It's an atmosphere where we're creating, okay, so that we can encounter God. And in that moment, it could be one moment, it could be one second, you hear a Word of God, you feel a touch from God. And all of a sudden, things that have been holding on to you, tears start to come down. And freedom starts to manifest in your life. Where the spirit of God is, where the numa of God is, there is freedom. And that's why I'm so adamant, church. And I wanna, I, I wanna challenge you in this. Don't come late to the service on Sundays. Don't start walking in, you know, at 10:20, you know, because it's good to Miami people. We're always late, and Hispanic people, we want to be later, and it's cool to be late. No. <laughs> Sunday morning, be here at 945, 950. Get your chair and get ready because when that music starts, man, I want to be there in God's presence, in the atmosphere where I could get that freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That's Galatians 5, verse 1. You can write that down. It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. And, and I wrote this phrase. I want you to take this phrase down. Jesus didn't come to make you sorry. He came to set you free. Jesus doesn't want to, oh, said, I'm so sorry for this. Or, you know, God is not there just to point out your sin and say, whoa you sinner, you got a chance. No, 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 no. He came to make you free from that. It is this role, okay, for you to experience Freedom. It is his role. How? His power, presence. Now, in order for us to experience freedom, he has a role, but we have a role too. All right? I want you to write this down. Number one, what's my role in experiencing freedom? Number one, get rid of the excuses. Very easy. (laughs) All right? Can the excuses get rid of them? All right? Take responsibility for your own mess. Like that lady, all right, that that she had to go get her baggage. That wasn't somebody else's baggage, that was hers. Take responsibility, okay, and stop pointing the finger. I knew people that I grew up with that they were always pointing the finger was that I was in the wrong neighborhood, I was in the wrong side of town, I grew up on the wrong side of the train drive, I grew around with the wrong parents, I didn't have this, I didn't have that. And one time I was talking to a person like that and I said, hey, stop putting excuses. I came from the same place. Lived in the apartment next door. And I'm not turning out like that. Because at one moment I said, you know what? No more excuses. I'm owning up to it. I'm owning up to it. We got to own up to it. We got to take responsibility. There's a moment in the scripture where Jesus is inviting some people to some real life change in them. And, and they start to give excuses. It's found in Luke chapter 14. Verse 18 through 20, listen to this. But they all began to make excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. What a crazy excuse. Don't you first inspect the field before buying it? (laughs) It's like, no, I just bought it and I'm gonna go check it out. That's an excuse. All right, please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pair of oxen and I wanna try them out. You're going to buy a car. You want to drive that car around. You want to see how it feels. You know, like the chairs that you're in today. By the way, I sat in one of those chairs before you guys did. All right. They brought it in here and I sat in it. And I, like Pastor Max said, I wiggled around. You know, this is like a shoe. You know, you got to start getting used to it. You know what I'm saying? You don't buy something without trying it out. This guy says he bought five yoke of oxen and he hasn't tried them out. Please excuse me, he tells the Lord. And then another one said, I just got married. That sounds like a really good one, all right? Because you got married, okay, we can let this guy off the hook, you know? So I can't come. And what is that saying? You could have the best excuse. But if you want real life change, not even the best excuse is going to get you out of it. Not even the best one. I just got married. Okay, that's great. Do you want to change your life? Oh, is that I had this trip planned. That's great. Do you want to change your life? And so many people say, I can't experience that freedom, pastor. You know what? I say to you that today you have the enough is enough attitude. I say to you today that you said, you know what? It's over today. I'm getting my freedom. I don't want this anymore. And you might be there and you say, Pastor, I can't. Philippians 4.13, a scripture that is very famous. It says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. If you say, no, I can't. Today, I tell you, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Through Christ, he will give you the strength that you need. You just got to persevere. You got to fight through. Hold on to the Lord. You have been deceived. That's why you say you can't. You've been lied to. And today you say, you know what? I'm getting rid of this lie. I'm gonna stop believing the lie. So we have to get rid of the excuses. The second thing you have to do, you gotta cut the ties. You gotta cut the ties, okay? Let me tell you, you can't come in here and say, Oh boy, that was a good message today that pastor preached. That was great. And Lord, I give it to you. You come to the altar at the end. We're going to have people here praying in the front. And you come and you give it to that person. Then you go out there and like, all right, where's my bag? Okay, here's my bag. Let me just pick it up and take it with me. No, cut the tie. And I have some news for you. It is going to be waiting for you out there. Before you get in your car or when you get in your car, it's going to be right. You're going to look there. There's that luggage. (laughs) And you need to cut the tie, okay? influences of things, people that are pulling you down. You need to cut that. Negative influences, negative environments that we come into, we need to cut those ties. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, and the first part of 34. It says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you're ought as you ought, and stop sinning. That's the first part of verse 34. Let me tell you, some of you guys today, you're watching online. You need to make some decisions today to obtain your freedom. You need to cut some ties. I remember many, many, many years ago, Pastor Max, you need to cut some ties. There were some friends that he had in his life. He had to get rid of those friends. I remember my friends, they got mad at me. My hangout partners... They're like, oh man, now we call you. You never answer the phone. You're too important for us. Now you're in that church thing all the time. Can you come and hang out with us? And I'm like, no, I can't. Because if I was going to experience true life change, there was some things that I needed to get rid of. And maybe you're here this morning. Let me tell you something. You need to get rid, okay, of that thing or that relationship that just keeps pulling you down back to where that bag is. You need to cut it. There is this man that used to come to this church many years ago. I was the one that brought him. I preached to him about the Lord at a job that I had before I worked here. And he started coming to church. He got involved. He started to go all in after God. One of the greatest growth that I seen in somebody was in that young man. Name was Julio. And I remember Julio was trying to do everything right. But there was one thing that was lingering that he decided not to cut the tie from. And it was that he was talking to a lady that was married. But he always had an excuse. And the excuse was that her husband was in jail and that she had been alone for four years and that as soon as that he got out, that relationship was not going to go anywhere. Well, you know what happened? The guy got out of jail and he went and he found Julio and the girl As they were getting ready to come to church on a Sunday morning. And this came out in the news. Because a guy went into the apartment and shot him three times. And he died. That day he didn't show up to church. And it was weird because he would always come. He would be serving. and I I guess something happened. And the service finished. And we got a call from his mom. And you know that call. When you pick up and all you hear is a scream on the other side. And she goes, Me hijo, me mi hijo, lo mataron. They killed my son, they killed my son. And when I'm in his funeral, sitting in front of his casket, I go, so much talent, so much gifting, just charismatic guy, likable by everybody, will start a conversation with a cat. You know, one of those people. He will sit down and pray with you if you needed prayer. But one thing that he decided. Not to cut the tie. Ending up hurting him so much. So today I'm being a little drastic. And maybe pastor, that's a drastic story. No, because I've seen it. And maybe you're there and you're like, it's not that bad. No, because you're just living your life. You don't see it. But I do this for a living. I see it. I hear the stories. They stop at me a lot of times. We need to make decisions, church, to cut the ties. Oh, and, and by the way, don't you, don't give your baggage to somebody else. Just get rid of it. <laughs> Cause I remember when I was trying to get free from the music that I used to listen to, you know, I used to listen to, you know, a lot of hip hop, you know, and Tupac and a lot of crazy music with a lot of bad words. You know what I did? I ended up giving up to my nephew. He was like, Are you gonna get rid of those CDs? And he, yeah. I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm trying to, he goes, can you give them to me? I'm like, sure, man, you have them. But guess what? He never got free, free of that stuff. You know? You guys are supposed to laugh at that. But anyways, <laughs> all right. Don't give your baggage to somebody and say, you want it? You go ahead and take it. No, throw it away. <laughs> get rid of it. All right. And and the third thing, I'm going to skip a couple of, of the verses there. All right. Number one, get rid of the excuses. Number two, we got to cut the ties. Number three, okay, fill the void. What do you mean by filling the void? Okay. If you get rid of the excuses and you cut the ties, there's going to be like sort of an emptiness. Something that remains because you just gave up a lot of stuff. And Jesus said it like this. If you don't fill the house with something, seven more are going to come that are worse than that one that you were dealing with. So you got to fill, okay, your soul with something the moment that you decide to cut the tie. Ephesians five eighteen. It says, don't be drunk with wine and just take out the word wine and put whatever you want into it, okay? Don't be drunk with wine because it will, listen to this, ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Today, I want to invite you to fill your life with God's stuff. With God's stuff fill the void when you decide to get rid of the excuses when you decide to you know what I'm going to cut the ties fill up your life with God's stuff And write this down real simple four things number one God's word fill your life with God's word please every morning even if you don't have two hours one hour 45 minutes. Sit down and read God's Word. It's so easy. It's in, there's a Bible app that you could download right to your phone. There's Bible daily readings. There's actually a one-year Bible. You can read the Bible in one year, Pastor. Yeah, it gives you a little portion. For 15 minutes, you sit there and you read that portion every 15 minutes every day. And by the end of the year, you went through the whole Bible. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. God's word is not just an old book collecting dust. Oh, that doesn't change anybody. No, it says it's alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit, between the joint and the marrow. In other words, it gets to the deepest parts. That's what it's saying. And it separates the motives. It says here, it exposes our inmost thoughts and desires. Get into God's word. Number two, very simple, prayer. We had a series before this one on prayer. And I was telling the church, prayer is, we've made it so difficult. Prayer is a conversation with God. And talk to God. Have a time where you talk to him. All right, it's nothing religious or you don't have to repeat these five, you know, things and this and that. No, God is saying, I'm waiting to hear from you. I'm waiting to help you. Talk to me. Prayer, Hebrews 4, 15 and 16, right there a little bit after the other verse. I love this. Because this shows me that he understands when you come to him. When you come to the Lord in prayer, I want to tell you, he doesn't say, oh, get away from me, you sinful person. You're going to contaminate my holiness. That's not what God does. He understands. He identifies with you. He identifies with me. That's what I love about my Lord. That verse in Hebrews 4.15, it says, this high priest of ours, that's Jesus, understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet did not sin. So let us come, this word, boldly. Let us come boldly. Let us come with confidence to the throne of our gracious God. And there will, you will receive his mercy and find grace to help you when you need it most. So when you need it most, just come. The third thing that you fill the void with The third thing that you feel that void with, accountability partner. Find yourself an accountability partner. That's not your boy, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Hey, what's up? Where are we going today? What are we going to do? No, 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 no. That might be one of those that you got to cut. You know what I'm saying? An accountability partner is a person that is going to help you through the processes, through the decisions that's going to be praying with you, that is going to be aware of the battle that you're fighting. And once in a while, we'll get in the fight with you as well. You need an accountability partner, okay? Somebody that can stand with you. That's why NUMA is a church of small groups. This is cool. I love this. But true freedom, and I'm going to say this, Every time I'm up here, true freedom comes in the context of relationships. You need people to talk to and say, "Hey, help me with my stuff. I'm going through this. I need your wisdom. I need your guidance. I need your expertise. I need your prayer. I need your support. Right now we have 40 small groups going on. Find a small group. Connect to a small group. Join a tribe. Please. It's not for me to say, oh man, I have 800 people in small groups. Great if that happens. But I want you to be able to fight and be a winner as you fight. And we've created systems. Remember I told you my job is to create atmospheres. Well, that's an atmosphere. (laughs) For you to find freedom. To be free. To live free. And the fourth thing is ministry. Fill the void with ministry. This is what I want to say to close. Many years ago, I was young in my faith. I was so passionate about God. He showed up in my mess. He became so real. And I remember one time I was praying and I had some storms that I was going through, things that I couldn't solve on my own strength. you know what the Lord spoke to my heart that day? You take care of my stuff, and I'll take care of your stuff. You take care of me, and I'll take care of you. I was like, Lord, what does that mean? Take care of my people. Try to help them go through their problems. And as you do that, I will help you through your things. You know what happened? Things just started to disappear. Things just started to come off. Things that I was battling just left. Just left. I was working with people and speaking to people and spending time with people. And you would think, okay, I got to stop that to deal with this. And the Lord was like, no, 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 go ahead and dedicate yourself to that. And I'll take care of that. That's the way he did it with me. Ministry, get involved. Listen, find out something that you're passionate about. We have a growth track here to help you with that. Right now is going on step three today. I was supposed to say that at the end of the service. I'm saying it now. It's a great moment for it. Do your growth track. Find out something you're passionate about and do that. Because let me tell you something. When you're passionate about something, even though you're down, you're still going to keep going. You might be down, but you're still going to keep going because you know you were created for something. Ministry. Fill. The boy, with God's word, with prayer, with an accountability partner, and with ministry. We have a beautiful dream team of people that are making a difference with their lives. We want you to be part of that dream team as well. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at. Today, we're speaking about the bag that won't let go. Oh, today, we're letting go of it in Jesus' name. Today, we're letting go of it in Jesus' name. First thing we gotta do, we gotta own up to it. We gotta take the responsibility. Second, we gotta cut the ties, whatever it is that is bringing you back to that luggage. Today is the day you say, Lord, no more. I can do it. I can do it because I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. And today I'm gonna start making the decision to fill the voids in my life. Close your eyes right there where you're at. You're at home here, bow your heads. Let the Holy Spirit talk to you. Right there, let him talk to you. this recording, outside of a, a relationship with God, this is impossible. The first place where you need to start, your first step, is making sure that you're in relationship with God. And you might say, Pastor, how do I do that? Well, it's by understanding that you need Jesus in your life as your Lord and Savior to bring you into a right relationship with God. You see, we read a second ago that he never sinned. And because he never sinned, he became the perfect sacrifice for you and me. When he died on the cross, he was your sacrifice. He was my sacrifice. He was taking your sins and my sins. And today, if you invite him into your heart, if you receive him as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that all your sins are forgiven. And today you step into becoming a son or daughter of God. You enter that relationship. And once you enter that relationship, then God's spirit comes to live inside of you. And then all things are possible from there on. And if you're here this morning or watching and you say, Pastor, I want to make that decision. If that's you right there where you're at, I want you to have no shame in this. Because this is you fighting for your life and for your freedom. And if that's you, just shoot your hand up right there where you're at. I want to lead you in a prayer. If you're in the room, you put your hand up. You're watching online. We're going to go to you in a second. But if you're in the room, I want to make sure you're in right relationship with God, that you invite Jesus as your Lord and Savior. All right. Heads bowed, eyes closed. We're going to do this prayer. And with all your heart, you come to the Lord and you say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for dying on the cross to pay for my sins. And when you send your son, Jesus, that's exactly what he did for me. Today, I accept and receive his sacrifice. And I pray that you would take me into your hands as your son or your daughter, and fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can live for the purpose you have for my life. Lord, I want to be free. I need your freedom in my life. Do it now. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you, and we hope to connect with you soon.